I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me are Nelson Wooten and Steve Round, founders of Saskada, a UK-based cloud-native core banking platform provider. Let's talk about the future of core banking. If I could start with you, Nelson, what do you think you're going to be offering that's different, or is it a logical step forward that you're hoping to take? I think both things are true in, in all honesty. So what do I think that we're doing that's really different? It's primarily about allowing our customers to innovate and create new products and services in incredibly short timescales. That's an evolutionary step from my point of view. Our core banking systems have typically been big, tall towers of technology with a user experience sitting right at the top in the form of online banking and perhaps mobile banking and the ledgers, interest calculations, core product drivers right at the bottom. Almost everyone will have experienced this. You typically, you might have two products from a bank. You might have a current account and a credit card. You move house, you phone up to get your address changed. One product gets its address changed. And that is endemic of these big, tall towers of core banking systems where where the customer profile sits in multiple different places. So we believe that the change that's coming and that we're starting to instigate is an ecosystem a core engine at the base of your stack of technology that deals with all of the products that the bank wants to issue. CRM systems, middleware, digital user experience all sit on top of that. And by constructing this ecosystem with best of breed partners for each part of the service that you want to provide for customers, you're going to see much faster innovation happening. So an organization's ability to change tack and launch new products is an awful lot quicker than when and a lot cheaper than when you're dealing with these big vertical stacks. Is this where the concept of cohabitation comes in? Then? Yeah, yeah. So cohabitation is is the, the concept that we will sit inside an ecosystem alongside a lot of other partners, card processors, payment providers, FX providers. All of these people are operating together. And so we're building these ecosystems and you pull best of breed in, plug it all in together and create a unified experience. We also use cohabitation to talk about the stepping stones that organizations can take. Typically, customers will approach us because they want to launch a product into market that is challenging with their existing technology stack. So SCADA can come in, sit alongside that existing stack operate alongside the existing provider. And invariably, what often happens is more and more products start coming over to the Saskada platform as the client realizes the benefit of utilizing the ecosystem. Well, let me turn to the other member of the team that we have with us, Steve Rounds, Chair of the Ecology Building Society, former chairman of the Big Issue Foundation, I guess, Steve, you're interested in the technology, not for technology's sake, but what it can do to deliver a more equitable society. Absolutely, Robin. I think when we started even thinking about what we could do, I was at the big issue and I've been involved in what I would call disruptive financial services for many years. That's before the tech people pinched the name of disruptive. So looking at at financial inclusion, uh, but was never very happy with it because I I think that financial inclusion, which we talk about an awful lot, can actually ghettoize people in a second class product. 
So during my time at The Big Issue, I also spent some time in Saudi actually working on remittances, remitting back to Philippines, India, Pakistan, trying to get uh, money back cheaper than Western Union. And I looked at some of the tech, and this was really about the time of the crash in the UK. So came back from there and actually looked at how we could actually create a first-class product for as many people as possible. And the technology enables you to do that, which creates financial inclusivity. And that sort of started as on the journey of, of creating our first incarnation, which was back in 2014 and 15, which was helping people who were homeless, in debt, and on low incomes actually get a first-class product and a service, which is what started the whole genesis of Suscada. Back to you, Nelson. You're obviously, I guess, talking to smaller financial institutions, but you're giving them the opportunity to compete with some of the bigger boys in the sector. Yeah, there's been substantial changes in the financial services industry to the point where um, the way banks are being valued is being looked at again now. The the, the big new entrants, the Revoluts, Monzos, Starlings, are being valued not just on a pure balance sheet assets under management basis, but actually on the number of users. And so number of users means you need to have a product in market that customers are going to use regularly. And to do that, that can often be unaffordable for smaller financial institutions. And that's one of the challenges that we help them overcome. Well, you talked about making it easy for people to create new products and services. Is this a no-code or a low-code approach we're talking about? Uh, yeah, so uh, it, it, I mean, ultimately, we don't believe in modular banking systems, and I'll just quickly break that down without being too techy. Uh, That's a very call, brave statement to say. Yeah, I know, I know. People... So t- typically, um, banking systems are built around a single use case to start with, like lending. Right, So everyone understands that banks make money from money and lending money is the way they do that. And so the first piece of software is written, optimized around lending. Later on, the bank wants to take on deposits. And so some of that lending software is turned into a deposit taking software and you've got a second module. Maybe they want to move into bonds and ISAs and current accounts and all sorts of other things. And on and on it goes. And each of those separate modules has its own restrictions and requirements in order to deploy and set up and therefore cost to the end customer. And so we wanted to challenge that. So rather than having different modules, we have what's called our product API that allows you to configure how accounts will behave. And it supports lending, it supports deposits, it supports current accounts, it supports FX, and on and on and on. So there's no limitation to the types of accounts you can launch on our platform once you're on it. We don't charge you a professional services fee if you want to do deposit accounts. You simply go in and describe the account that you'd like to launch for customers, and it's there for you, literally as fast as that. Let me come back to you, Steve. This seems to be a concept that is focusing attention on the customer and the customer needs. Do you think financial institutions in the past have lost sight of the fact they're actually in a service business? I would say yes. And I think one of the reasons for that actually is access to data. I always say that data is the most important currency that you can have as a, a as any entity, but definitely as a bank. You know, as, as chair of a small building society, one of the challenges we have as a bank 
or a mutual bank is access to real high quality data, single point of truth to allow us to understand customer needs, customer requirements, and the ability to change that. So I think that generally, I think some of the new entrants that have come in have started that debate. And that's challenging some of the existing players on how do I understand what my customer needs are in real time? One of the benefits that we built into SCADA is very much real-time data and the ability to, to actually understand needs quite quickly. Because if you look at the growth of banking and open banking particularly, the challenge for any bank now is not just acquiring customers, but keeping them. Why should I stay with that customer? And the only way you can do that as a bank is, yes, you can have products and services, but you need data to understand what the need is and therefore preempt in some respect the actual requirements of the customer. So I, I think that generally if banks do not do that, they'll end up losing a lot of customers. Banks that do it and use data effectively will actually not only retain customers, but get new customers in and provide the service that people want. But surely it's the case that that data exists. It's not as if the bank doesn't somewhere inside the institution know everything it needs to know about me. It just hasn't stitched all that together. Was that not the case with with the building society as well? You had the information, but you just weren't able to put it together. You can't do it very quickly. And the cost of moving data around and analysing it and making decisions on it takes very a long time, but also a lot of resource because you're actually taking data from different pockets. And if you don't have that single point of truth, it makes that very difficult and very time consuming and not that accurate if you're not careful. So, yes, the answer to the question is, is that data there? Yes, somewhere in that pot. And I think, as Nelson said, at the start, even addressing for one customer, can't, yeah, if you've got four, four different accounts, they'll all, always change. You know, and you've got rules now coming in from the regulator on single view of customer and the like. That's challenging banks day in, day out, and the resource implications of that and the risk implications. Nelson, let's round up on this. You've just raised two and a half million in funding. What's the money going on? What, what do you hope to achieve? Where are you going to be in 12 months and so on? Yeah, purely sales and marketing. So essentially, we've operated the business in a sort of stealth mode. The reason for that is uh, when Steve and I worked together previously, we found a lot of what we uh, affectionately term snake oil salesmen in the business. So an awful (laughs) lot of people telling you that they could do things. And actually, when you peeled back the layers and got to it, it just didn't really exist. We found that as a purchaser of those services, incredibly frustrating to deal with. Uh, and, and really, it made it very, very difficult to achieve an, a targets that you'd set for yourself, because different parts of the system were just not there, despite the promises that you'd had. I think anyone who's bought software and financial services, that'll resonate. So what we wanted to do and have done is spend the first few years building the platform so that it really exists and you can really use it and it really does all the things that you we say it can do and then build um, bring clients onto that platform so that they can also verify that it does do the things they say it do and what a pleasure it is to use and at that point um, we, we are now ready to invest in marketing and telling people about us who we are and what we do and, and building sales out as part to that we are a small team and we intend to stay fairly small we are see ourselves as a technology company much more than than a core banking provider and i know core banking is what we provide but we use technology to do that smartly with a small team of human beings and a big stack of technology rather than the other way around 
Nelson Wooten, Steve Round, founders of Sascada. Thank you very much indeed.